Hi, I'm Allison Shelton. Thank you for joining me for Femon Creatives. My guest today is Pam Ribbon, screenwriter, comic book writer, novelist, blogger, actress, now on the short list with her short, well, excuse me, with her short My Year of Dicks for the Academy Awards this year. Hello, Pam. Thank you for Hi. joining me. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. I um, have known Pam for a a long time and followed her career and she wrote a comic book called slam and my husband and i were just talking about how we have all the issues of the That's comic great. book slam and we have my boyfriend as a bear and i have some of your books so <laughs> i've i've been friends and following you for a long time and i absolutely loved my year of dicks <laughs> thank you so much it really never gets old to hear someone say a sentence that has the word love and my year of dicks <laughs> yes. or dicks just dicks it's just like it's just a roller coaster sentence oh, it's such a great title thank and you we say it a lot well my husband and i say it to each other <laughs> have you watched my year of dicks what did you think of my year of dicks um and we both watched it and we enjoyed it and my i was watching it and a child was nearby mm. like what are you watching uh a friend's short film yeah. what is it about it's about dating and luckily, he didn't ask me what it was called because I was going to have to come up with an alt, alt I think, an alt title. Um, it's, it's different than in my house for my when you ask my 10-year-old what is her favorite film, she will gleefully shout, my year of dicks. I, I was a little like that. Then she'll be As like, a young person. Because I'm in it. It has nothing to do with the content. <laughs> she has a line. She does? Yes. What is her line? Shit, that was some easy fucking money. Oh, nice. <laughs> And that's a great line. <laughs> yeah, she the plays. writing, of course, is yes. wonderful. Thank you, because um, you're an incredible writer. I want to just hear <laughs> about your process. I mean, I really want to hear about like because it is a long process, and I am fascinated by things that take a while. Yeah, for my year of dicks, yeah, yeah. like thirty years. Yeah, uh, and you know, not not that wasn't the goal. Like I didn't know. <laughs> Here's the thing: you can't know what's going to yeah. happen, but the whole thing feels a little like. Um, a sweet triumph of anything I was told in high school I should or couldn't do. <laughs> yes. I will say that's true. Um, so in high school, I wrote a lot of notes, uh, mostly to boys, and I kept a lot of the first drafts. And at some point, I started sharing that online because uh, I also was an early internet you user. Were. Yes, I was writing online what mm -hmm. was not called a blog yet because it was still called a web diary or an online journal. Yeah. And even then people were like, why would you share these things with other people? You're just talking about your day. I think you're just talking about yourself and people are there. Is <laughs> That's my brand. <laughs> There's something I could say where I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, what do they like about it? You know, that TikTok Instagram that never stops of like, well, what are you doing? Like, I'm being fun. Like, why are you doing that? Because I want to like, <laughs> like a little bit. That's what happened. I, I, so anyway, I collected all these notes. I think that's a little bit started... minimizing of what you do, just for the record. Do you think? <laughs> just a okay, tiny fine. bit. Um, I just write about what I'm doing. And I don't know why people like it. Uh, because it's funny, <laughs> because it's relatable, because you expose parts of yourself that are like tender and raw, and you do it again and again and again. And that creates intimacy in an audience and people who like believe you and are invested in you. So that's what that's I think sweet. you do. Well, thank you. That's very sweet. Uh, when I was little, it was called uh, being Oversharing? too much. <laughs> yes. 
yeah. So I so I overshared a lot, and then in I started putting them on Pammy.com, and it makes people they make people make these sounds, and I know this because then I was performing them a little bit, and people just go like they just hold their face. This is not a face for a podcast, but imagine my hands are all over my face. <laughs> I have somehow like nine hands now and they can all be on my face while someone goes, oh, and there's, there's something about making someone laugh while I go, no, uh, I love it. Yeah. Um, very satisfying. So we made that. It's a very satisfying feeling mm-hmm. because you are pulling something from them where they're both mortified for you and rem- remembering, like if they're a little yes. like there, but for the grace yeah. of God, go on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. or they were there and they're and you were talking were about it and i think that's also yeah. that noise of like oh my god i would never like i would <laughs> never share that she's doing it she's sharing this thing and and that's why i think that's why it's so engaging for me like i, I think related they also... a lot to my year of dicks obviously i think most people in your like tagline is because everybody has one I hope it was. <laughs> it's close. If not, yes. it's no. That's it's it. Really close. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And I was like, only one it was my first thought. <laughs> only one year. That seems like they have at least low. One. They have at least one. Really well, low. We um, when when Sada Gunra's daughter came on board to make the film with me, uh, she originally was like, I don't know about the title, and I was like, I oh. think the title's staying, and she was like, it says dicks though and i think it just for her she's so sweet she was just like i just can't we call it notes to boys and i said not everybody wrote notes to boys but everybody's had a year of dicks like (laughs) it does not matter like in this case it's about when i was 15 and tried to lose my virginity but there are other years as you pointed out so astutely of dicks of different kind of different years of different ages where you're like oh that's a whole other my year of dicks yeah. And the the ability to open that up for everyone was, was important to us. So also I, FX I, was like, no, that, that stays the title. Yes. Yeah, so what that's related, but so it's an FX thing, but it's a short film mm-hmm. thing. So how does that mm-hmm. how did it come about this manifestation of my year of dicks? Were you getting there so with your F- notes? <laughs> uh yeah, eventually. <laughs> what if what if the whole time I'm just answering one question until we're out of time? Um I could do it. The memoir came out and uh, it did okay. And then I'd done that actually with like my derby friend was my editor. It's it's all cyclical in, in such an interesting way. All of which is to say FX approached about turning it into an animated something. They had uh, an anthology series called Cake, which um, at the time was an incubator for new and emerging experimental animation in particular. But they also did live action stuff. And uh, I assumed they meant live action and they didn't. And once we started talking, Megan Reed and I and and John Agbaje, uh, who was at FX at the time, we talked about what it could potentially be in the book. The memoir is covering way more years of my life, um, but there is a chapter called My Year of Dicks. And once we started talking about uh, moving through her letters using genre, that that that's how this all kind of came to be because you when you animate something or you're going to write an animate something you usually start with why does this need to be animated because that's going to make it take longer and cost more right it's the same thing with comics as a as people who have both written comics it's or with any medium why why is it here you know why is it a Mm -hmm. novel why is it a screenplay why is it a comic book what is about what is it about the story that needs to be told this way 
And how do you take advantage of the form? Yeah, which I think is such an important question to ask. And I think oftentimes we all watch, read, engage with some media that we think, well, why? Why is it this? Mm -hmm. You know, and they weren't, they just did. It was like default where it doesn't feel like a choice as much. And this did feel like a choice. And I felt like you so exploited the form. That's not the right word. Like utilized it in a way the five so so for those of you who haven't watched it and you should watch it because right now it's available live i mean free both i mean you can watch it while you're alive for free <laughs> on vimeo for a limited time stay alive please do so please stay yeah, alive we should have said it. what it is at all yeah please yeah. stay alive and watch it stay yeah. safe get a vaccine and then get two and then watch this it is uh it's in five chapters yes um so that the the, the even though it's not a full year careful eyes will note this might be just one semester of Pam's year of Texas. Mm-hmm. It did seem very warm, um, but then it, I was like, oh, it's Texas. So it is Texas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Set in uh early 90s Texas and in um outskirts of Houston, mm-hmm. where I went to high school. And yes. uh yes, and it's it's um it's it's beyond true. <laughs> it's oh, got it's footage just... in there from when I was in high school. Yeah. There is footage of Pam when she was in high school and, and you can tell, so you were writing these notes and I do also, were you also a journaler? Because it feels so like ripped from actual experiences, especially the sex talk. <laughs> well, unsent Which letters. Is my favorite. Were my, my, <laughs> thank you. Uh, oh unsent my letters were my, like may, like I didn't have a journal. I had unsent letters. Okay. I, I've never been very good at writing a journal, but if I yeah. had an audience, I, I could write to that person or this concept. Like I would be better writing to my shoelaces than a day about my shoelaces. Um, and then the sex talk, which is based on the real sex talk that my father gave me at a certain age. Um, just watch If you don't have 30 minutes, which you do, but just watch the sex talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's, it's so, uh, the animation is so perfect. And the the writing is just... It's the worst sex talk I've ever heard. Yeah. Because it's, yes, it's terribly how... <laughs> intimate and wrong. Yeah. Like my dad really wanted to scare me out of. Uh, clearly. Ever. Clearly. But also <laughs> also the physical information that's being communicated is wrong. So mm-hmm. that's also like I just think of so many friends I knew who also got. I, I had like, I don't remember even having a sex talk. Like that's how much sex was in my life as a young person. Yeah. But I remember people talking about it and me thinking like, oh no, like you you don't know how this works. And and I never knew quite why, but now I do. Like, oh boy. People would come find me when they were like, my parents just gave me a sex talk or whatever. They're like, look, it's not gonna be worse than Pam's. And <laughs> they would just bring me over and then they'd be like i do feel better thank you i'm gonna go thank my mom when i get home i'm gonna thank her so yeah so my dad did this uh, extremely uh, graphic uh, Mm -hmm. version of why women shouldn't have sex at least not now or really ever it is not an ad for sex yeah it is is really not like you're not going to to enjoy it unless you happen to be pam's mom who is a person who can i mean it's just like he doesn't say she he doesn't say she enjoys it he doesn't say she enjoys it she just is ready for it which is the part that is so just like wow it's a real critique and skill to be honest she's ready for it no enjoy it look allison we all know we can do that on our own we have 
the ability to get ready for things. I got ready for this. Here we are. <laughs> I don't think, listen, this is as much as I want to think about my father's <laughs> skill. Uh, yes. But he, he he told me other stories, so I know it's not okay. supreme. So okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you should watch it. That is it. a condensed version. It's a condensed version of what my dad said to me. And when I was in college, he uh, took this creative writing class because my dad was an aspiring writer. He was a hotel manager uh, by trade, but always an aspiring writer. And he took a class and wrote this, uh, wrote his side of this story and uh, told me that in class, the teacher was like, well, this is supposed to be uh, a nonfiction assignment. And this is so clearly a work of fiction. And then he said, no, no, this is what I said to my daughter like last week or whatever. <laughs> and then another one of his classmates said, then I'd like to be the first to offer to pay for your daughter's therapy when she grows up. Uh, and so I felt like this is wow. an open season story. So I then wrote it online. And one of the early, like one of the first times I went viral was this sex talk. They didn't even call it viral. That's how long. Ye old internet. <laughs> Back when you had tildies. And so uh, that went that went viralish in the it. online journal community. People read it and shared it. And it made me start to understand an audience. So then I performed it in a one person show in Austin. And that was fun. So I knew this was a story that I could get up and tell and it would entertain. And so in, when like monologue shows were all the rage, I was doing this. I actually was writing notes to boys during that time. So I would sometimes take chapters and go read them to see how it was doing. And this was the first time that when I told the sex talk, oh, one time I got to read this during a storm outside in a tent during a storm. And the storm got worse and worse the more I talked about my dad. So I know he's heard it. And uh, <laughs> he's been gone a long time, but he definitely was around that that night in Denver. But the. Um, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought about telling the story in the book. Oh, one time I read it at uh, the Ripped Bodice. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was it was a different reaction. Yeah. And it was the first time I had gotten like empathy mm. in a different way. Like mm. they're not they weren't laughing at me. Mm. That's the thing where you were just starting with like, oh, no, like that's the worst. I I hadn't had that reaction back. And that was when I knew I, I had an opportunity in the animated world to take this shield of my adult self out of the story. Yeah, that had been in the memoir or any other version that I told it, it was usually me being like, I mean, here I am, it's going to be okay. And I, right. and I could put it back there without the judgment of, is this wrong? Or is this, or are you okay? Or what happens to this girl? But just say like, here we all are at that moment when you're sitting on your skateboard and can't make people stop talking because you have no power. Yeah. And the animation is just off the charts. Like, gross beautiful evocative like it's just all the feelings and uh, it's just it's excellent it's, and that is the part where uh sada uh, each of our animators had a piece of that of that sex talk and that was the yes, fun part can, the promise of when you come in and everybody's mm -hmm. going to get a little section yeah. to to do their thing yeah it was it was great there were so many things that i loved about it i also this is only related because this moment was another moment where I was like, oh God, like I felt it in my bones, you know, when huh. the guy is licking your face. <laughs> There's so much licking. When you're on the floor. There's so much licking during that time. Yes. With him with the um, Nazi, basically. Um, with the straight edge, straight edge Joey. Yes. 
Um, Allison just gave a spoiler. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's a real twist. You don't see it coming. Um, Some do. (laughs) Yeah. That this guy's full of shit. So, um, but when he's licking your, oh God, I don't know whoever gave anyone that note that that was a good choice, but it's not. It was a lot of starting with ears. It would, they just start by just sort of grazing your face. Yeah. (laughs) And why, if, and, and I thought it, obviously in the second one, you it's it's captures it's deep breath so these experiences that we all have where we are Mm -hmm. in a situation we are not responding to stimuli of this person who is doing things there was not a conversation about consent back Mm -hmm. then and I think most people and I still think a lot of people now unfortunately think if you're not saying no you are implying that you are saying yes and I thought the film captured that so well, how if you weren't saying no, nobody was like, are you into this? Are you like feeling this? You know, I mean, some people were, and those are the people who ended up being my boyfriends, but there were other people that it was like, I am now a frozen piece of ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am a vessel. Yeah. Why are you continuing yeah. to go? Like, what part of this and, is working yeah. for you? You know, and and, and you're oh. supposed to be so thankful that this is happening to that you're your getting face. attention. <laughs> You've been chosen, yeah, to be pawed. Clearly, yes. would lick anyone. You know, like anybody who's <laughs> there would could get licked. You know, and we're just supposed to be great. I just for me, like it was the the short captures all so many different things, but I feel like I don't see enough. I have not seen enough of that, which I think. I don't know a person who doesn't have this experience of just kind of leaving the room emotionally mm-hmm. and your body's mm-hmm. still there and no one notices either because yeah. they don't want to notice or they just don't even care, but it's, it's heartbreaking. And yeah. And we didn't talk about it and we had no language for it. And um, so I really appreciated that too. Like I laughed a lot, but I also felt the pathos of, just not being seen or respected thank you yeah yeah that was um thank you for bringing it up because it's it it was such a surreal it's such a lonely feeling when it's happening that you're you're afraid i was afraid to even say like can we acknowledge that you have done that to me and should we talk about it and what does it mean and how can we make sure that that doesn't happen if you even talk to these people ever again a lot of times you They're just do. like drive-by lickings. Yeah, you never. Okay. Um, but when you want a relationship with someone and they're saying back as they might and have, um, I don't have a problem. You have a problem. Right. I'm it's doing what I want to do. I'm doing. What I'm doing is incredibly yeah. sexy. No, well, not, not. Or, or just like how I'm going to do it. So here's like, that's what's up. I'm into you. This is me saying I'm into you. I don't understand. What else am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And that there wasn't a, there what like the thought of what do you like i didn't even know to say but could you <laughs> but if you or even if you did you felt like that's because you're weird mm-hmm. oh i actually like it if you touch me Don't here was face. some sort of was some sort of shaming to their you know their romantic skill to even suggest there might be an alternative way of yeah. kissing 
Agreed. It and felt I mean, terrifying. I never talked to anyone about it, Pam. Like ever. I mean, I'm listening to you going, oh yeah. So you talk to people about it. That's, I was literally like, bye, we're done. Like, even if I liked the person before, like I didn't have any idea how to have that conversation. And I felt pretty sure they didn't, weren't interested, which may or may not be true, mm. but I just felt like you're not picky. And, and to be honest, like fight flight, we didn't know about freeze back then, but I did. <laughs> And yeah. I experienced it many times. And it, once I went there, there's no going back for me. Not intimately. Like that's I, I just, that's amazing though. But you knew to leave though, but you knew you trusted yourself enough to say, I'm out of here. I'd rather not even talk about it. I'm safest out of here. And I'm, I was the opposite of, it's not even fight. It's like, I can fix this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can, re I mean, that's what she's doing in these fantasies. Like I can make this still okay that this is happening. Part of me knows like this should not be happening, but this is what's happening. So how can I make it be okay? And when I had had those conversations and they didn't go well after, then it felt, I have to say on, on some level, I can't compare, but to me, it felt even harder because now I, I knew, so. um, yeah, that that was it. That that's, that's the best <laughs> this is gonna get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I was afraid that would be what would happen, right? Because and I don't mean not... sexually. Really, no, it's I mean... about um respect. It's about yeah. like, oh, this is as much as you're gonna give attention mm -hmm. to my side of these are my moves. Our... Are you in or you yeah. out? <laughs> Like, that's how I felt Isn't that crazy, you know, like, yes. this is my checklist. And, and it often felt like it was a checklist to get to a, de a destination, you know, a like, destination for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so it just felt very like everyone talks about it now, like in social justice spaces, but very box checking, you know, like we're just, we're just going through, okay, I'm going to lick your face. I'm going to like do some boob <laughs> stuff. I'm going to, you know, and <laughs> I'm going to go down your pants, but like, I'm going to do probably a pretty terrible job at it and you're not going to enjoy it at all. And then here's my dick, you know, and, <laughs> and it's just like, Allison, uh, when I, when I tell you the number of people who have pretended to be asleep while going down those boxes <laughs> on my body, I, it's, it's a number that's more than zero and <laughs> more than one. And that is, I would say on me literally and ultimately, but how I need, how, why is that a move that they all know? Right. Pretend you're sleeping. Or did they all think they came up with it? Or do I put suitors <laughs> into sexual slumber? I, I don't know. I, I think it's the lack of, it's just the not wanting to have accountability. It's like, I don't I even, you were it's like, say the latter. Of course not. <laughs> I would never. I know, but um, it's what you were going to say. But, um, I, it's like yes. the move where you like yawn and put your arm around someone like to the nth degree, yeah. you know, it's Absolutely. just like, oh, I don't even know what my hands are doing. Oh, okay. It's even more insulting than aren't we just goofing around while I accidentally oh, touch absolutely your tits. Absolutely like, more insulting. Yeah. So much more. At least, at least you can pretend you want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been sleeping beautied more than oh, once. And, Jesus. and the thing is like, because you can't see them. Because <laughs> you can't see their faces because their eyes are closed and they're pretending to snore. Uh, I only know this from repetition. Um, you tell yourself, like, maybe he's just heavy breathing. <laughs> can't, he can't be pretending. Because, first of all, he can't be asleep. This cannot be a sleeping human. 
Don't doing you wish this to me. You had a call a friend option in those situations. Like it is the most lonely, yeah. isolating. And and I loved and still love, but it happens a lot less as we get older. But I love to talk about sex. I don't think people talk about it not enough. I especially don't think women talk about it enough. And I was the friend that was like, tell me all your experiences. I want to <laughs> hear about it. That's awesome. I want to hear about everything that was great, everything that was bad. I'm here. And I would take all of that with me, but it's still really lonely. How old were you when you started collecting other people's experiences so early fam because I was such a like little grown-up you know yeah. and people would cry on my shoulders when I was a younger person um but definitely I would start talking about it in high school but college like because I was <gasps> in a sorority and so there was a lot <laughs> of spoiler not something I share often because of all the connotations that go with it but I there's nothing I loved more then the Saturday after a fraternity party when everyone's hungover and talking about everything that went down. Wow. This is why you knew to leave. This is why you knew to leave. Right. You were like, this isn't going to get better. I've heard this this before. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I was just like a repository, like give me all the knowledge because I don't want to get honestly raped again. So tell me about it all. That's so healthy. In a, in a like, well, it, it's great. It's like in a hoarding sort of way of like, it. You can tell me. I don't judge. Like I that's don't. all. That's all everyone wants when. Right. When yes. And I still don't like. So please just tell me whatever because I not you but anyone. I well, just you get know. ready. <laughs> I'm about to tell you how I came to understand sexuality, which yes, is uh, I, I, I started reading at a very early age. My parents found me reading around three and a half. Oh my god, that you watched Henry and June was such a great moment. <laughs> So when I was around three and a half, four, five, I would read anything I could find. And my parents talked about how I would just read the TV guide cover to cover. Like I just love. Well, so uh, my dad. Yeah. Cereal boxes. Yes. That were were like this novel on the back of my frosted flakes. (laughs) Uh, And then it would be like, why does grape nuts have so few pictures? But so I, uh, I don't know that it was a closed drawer or what, but anyway, I've, I, very easily found all of my dad's porn and penthouse forums when I was like, you know, four or five. And maybe I didn't exactly understand what all was going on, but I certainly understood it was supposed to be naughty. And I I just remember one story that as I've gotten older, I've understood more because it's never left my head. But like two kids are in detention and she gives them a hand job, and then the teacher comes in and she throws the spooge on the desk and pretends it's just stuff, something she's cleaning up. And then the teacher comes and then puts her finger in it and sniffs it. Okay. So as a young person, I just thought it was urine, but I also, so that was scarring. And then I also didn't understand everybody was always coming and going, (laughs) (laughs) but I certainly knew those were next to pictures of women, like opening like penthouse. They were like opening themselves up. They weren't like, they weren't, in a playboy pose, which was like, I'm a little sexy. Panhouse was like, get what you want out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very. I, I do know because my brothers had a collection of playboys oh and I saw them around the same age as you and continued to look at them mm-hmm. like in hundreds of playboys yeah. and a few hundred and a few penthouses and pen. And my friend and I would sneak in there and look at them together. Speaking mm-hmm. of solidarity and penthouse was always like it felt like a 
like a smack in the face because it was yeah. it was not alluring. Yeah. People looked like meat. Yeah. And it was very like, yeah, it was. Playboy was like drew me in. Like yes. I wanted to know about these women and like what they really liked. And <laughs> Playboy had a different smell to it. Like Playboy had like it, the hint of the New Yorker. I don't know how they got away with that, but it had a hint of like, oh, these naked women are here, but aren't we all just enjoying cigars? Yeah, and, and like this interview and this like Q&A column. And, I mean, there was actual journalism in the magazine. I don't, I mean, penthouse like i don't even know what was in there just vaginas <laughs> that's what i remember vaginas and a, and a five-year-old's reading level i also uh got in so much trouble when i brought home uh where the sidewalk ends from school because my mom was like this is a dirty poet and where did you get this book of filth and i was like what is happening how is this oh. happening i got this from the library my librarian at school and that is how I learned that Shel Silverstein wrote poems for Playboy. And they were apparently quite a dirty. And so, oh, that's so funny. He contained multitudes. And I had, and the, my mom opened the book to the one where like some snails eating someone's mm -hmm. finger as they pick their nose or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, see, like, and I would be so confused reading, like, I cannot go to school today, said little Peggy Ann McKay. And I'm like, where is the dirtiness? Isn't it funny? She has the we... measles and the mumps. <laughs> Trying to deconstruct. Yes. Because that was definitely my experience that the coming thing made me laugh because for me and my friend looking at these playboys, we knew they were like sexy and desirable. Mm. Obviously, my teenage brothers were spending quality time with them and they were passed down from brother to brother like an inheritance, you know, oh, it's so yeah. weird. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And so weird. Um, <laughs> and we would look through like, okay, they have this in common, boobs, and um, they seem very uncomplicated you know we're mm -hmm. trying to figure out what's what is it about these women um my dad also had far sides in there so that also added oh to my, my level of confusion i was like these cows just seem funny but i guess they're filthy <laughs> that is so strange <laughs> so strange my just brothers were not complicated of wonders so no. i had that going for me it was just naked ladies um <laughs> yeah and did you my ever get to ask him why like oh far no side in penthouse no okay. no 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 Never. i think it's just where he put shit he liked and so <sighs> that that was his stuff that he didn't want anyone touching that's what it was don't touch my shit these are my, my favorite far sides from the pull off the rip off calendar was it like from those like he <laughs> no, said it was the, the ones books you like the best okay it was like the actual had the books. daily calendar and you know how you take your favorites <laughs> He did send me those later in life, but and I, but no, we never talked about his sexy drawer. No, okay. my grandmother also was um, quite the hoarder, and in her bathtub was just uh, Playboys and newspapers. And so you could find a naked lady within arm's reach of my grandmother's house at any point. So that was wrapped up in there too. Like it's different than your brother's because it's your grandma. It's real different. Yeah, thank you for acknowledging that. Yes, I would. <laughs> speaking of deconstructing or unpacking, I would want to be like, where did are these yours? Where did they come from? Are they collectors' items? Like, what? Why? Well, yes, is the answer to all of that because she collected everything, everything. and uh, yeah, she loved. If there was something someone was giving away, she would take it home. And... Shocking that someone was giving away Playboy magazines. Those things were gold. Well, I mean, they may be hers. I never got to ask her that either. I just because my mom was like, "Stop going in." There, because she, she also had in this bathroom, um, hundred and one dirty jokes or whatever that that yes. that yes. potty classic uh, piece of classic. literature. Uh -huh. Yes, 
So it was a world of wonders in grandma's main bathroom. Yeah. So was your mother, was she Christian? Was she concerned about you like getting pregnant? Like what was her, what was her distaste <laughs> for sex? Me. Was your mom Christian? Oh, why does my like, mother so react this way? Sex? Yes. She's like, not averse response. to sex. She does not want to talk about when she lost her virginity okay, to so me to this day. Her. Okay. Because when you, when, when Pam asks her in the show, her mom's yeah. response is not one of loving kindness. No, so, it's, it's one of shock and awe. And triggered. And she seems triggered. Triggered. Like, yes, yes. She was okay. triggered. Yeah. When I, she has seen this now, I really made it thinking she'd never, ever see this. Like, mm-hmm. why would yeah. I think my mom would find something on cake or FX on Hulu or something? Or <laughs> something called now. My Year of Dicks based on <sighs> what you're telling me about your interactions yeah. around dicks. Yeah. Not going to show up on my mom's feed, but, um, I had to tell her and then she wanted to see it and she came to see it at a screening and oh wow the, and she she really was proud but the first thing she said is I really don't think I said that word mm-hmm. and I was like you did That's I know you, you did That's something you remember yeah I did not hear her say that word very often she meant it she wanted me to shut the fuck up mm-hmm. right then and mm-hmm. there she didn't really even I mean Laura plays it to um hilarity Laura House but my mom was really very quite horrified that i was asking her this question she didn't know what else to do but send me off to my dad who was Which like i'll a talk fairly to her. straightforward question and one that you can expect to have from your child that's the other thing it's like yeah. that she's so you're 15 you're not she eight you yeah know? she did not want me having sex with the boyfriend i had at the time i mean she didn't want me having sex but she also this was the first time i had a boyfriend where she was like he's oh, i mean she aptly thought, oh, I, oh, Pam's starting to date people who will want to like marry her and take her out of this house. And so she got different about it. And this mm-hmm. boy, this boy named Sam uh, was different than, than, you know, he was the first, like, he was a real serious boyfriend and he mm-hmm. was kind of adult. And um, yeah, so she didn't want to give me any per- accidental permission mm-hmm. to pursue Mm-hmm. this relationship so and she was so not she the mom out. taking you to get birth control she was not the after school no. special mom I was like no. okay that was my mom so really god this is so great this is yeah. how come you knew to leave these and licking was... dick holes <laughs> and she was very forthright about her her experiences like she was she did and probably to a degree we have talked about it now in our adult lives like a bit much for me mm-hmm. as a young woman like or a young child but i I was aware of, I was aware that not everyone just meets someone, falls in love and has, like that it's complicated and that you meet people and you have feelings and things happen and like, trust yourself, Mm. trust yourself. That's really awesome. I was usually told I was making too big of a deal out of things. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. That that was a, that was a big one. I, I mean, if I had ever talked to my dad about sex, I would no doubt have heard that from him, but no, thank you. Um, no. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is, is there anything else you want to say about your short? Because there's <laughs> one thing I want to say about, I don't know if you've read Girls and Sex and Boys and Sex, those books that are like these kind of doorstops about sex and kids. No. They're really interesting. And um, it down. she talks about, she wrote Girls and Sex first. And then a bunch of boy moms were like, please write Boys and Sex because this is something we want to know how to talk about and how to engage with. And she talks about it, that the thing that she's around our age, um, yeah, I think pretty much pretty close. And she talks about how talking to these girls now 
the most disturbing part for her was girls are having less satisfying sex now than we were. And that their gauge of what is satisfying is if he came. Mm. That that's how they decide if sex was successful. And the boys, it's if they came. So they're on the same page with that. Um, but they're not having orgasms, you know, and they're performing them because they watch porn. Yeah. And so they know how to do a fake one because um, those are real, everybody. <laughs> to ruin I'm, it for you. I'm shocked. I really yeah. thought you were going to tell me the opposite because no. there's so much discussion of consent and pleasure and so much exploration of uh, you know, fluidity in, at that. And and yeah. so I assumed it, it became more of a, yeah. a touch me, touch me first, mm-hmm. <laughs> touch, no. me, touch me inside and out. No, no, oh. still very much that checklist men- mentality. And now anal's on the checklist, you know, which is like, <laughs> damn, they're not ready, everybody. Um, <laughs> That's because there's not enough sexual education in anything like we don't yes. have sex at abstinence only doesn't work no. and uh having to i mean good lord if i had to figure out sex from the internet right. i can't and mm-hmm. this is something that my husband cody and i talk about who cody and pam for everyone went to college together my husband and pam went to college together and my very very good friend's husband went to high school with pam yeah. so wow. not one of the dicks no no <laughs> great guy um so what was my point? Oh, Cody and I talk about how he feels like he got such a better education in Texas than is currently happening now. He's like, mm-hmm. they aren't learning what we even learned. How is it going backwards? Well, school, well, we learned the it. textbooks. I didn't go to high school with Cody, but in our high school, we really learned it through like how 4-H is teaching. Like <laughs> it, this was a farm school. So we didn't get off for MLK day. We got off for rodeo day. Like it was, okay. you know, so that's not priorities. Mm, so sex education was, you know, don't do it, but okay, this so is how, this is why so you, you have your get period. Abstinence. You did get abstinence because I did not, we talked about it. And, I mean, it wasn't helpful at all. It didn't tell me anything I didn't know, but, um, I got sex education in school when I lived in Jackson, Mississippi, I went to a lot of schools. I moved around a lot. So I went right, to 13, your dad 13 was a schools. hotel manager. Yeah. So he'd get transferred. Mm-hmm. So I also saw people at their worst because that's what they do when they go to hotels. But Right. The um in in junior high, I used to go to a high school for English and science, and that biology class had a sex ed component because it was about HIV, and right. it was like the early HIV, right. which mm-hmm. it was not, I would not say holds up, but early HIV it's training of, but at least uh the concept of a condom and how is a sexually transmitted disease transmitted? What does that mean? What does sexually mean? I happened there and I was in the eighth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, but that was a high school course in Mississippi. That kind of stuff was not, I don't remember AIDS being discussed much in high school other than like, you know, all the fear mongering of it. Which is just a travesty, obviously. And I think that that's the thing kind of she's talking about in her book. And it's something I'm reminded of often is I live in Los Angeles. You live in Los Angeles. We live in this world where people talk about these things and we talk about these things with our kids, but there is another whole part of the country and world where they don't. Mm -hmm. And books like this, I'm reminded of how many people still parent and engage with life where if I don't talk about it, it'll go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it doesn't actually ever go away. Well, and now it's, um, you know, with Roe v. Wade, overturned it's a terrifying yeah it's a terrifying thing to 
like what I do in this short would be like the most dangerous thing I could have done with my life if I if I was a teenager right now in Texas being like and yet you still would be doing it because you're a teenager in Texas and teenagers yes you felt like a grown woman yes yes you I had a lot of feelings yes that's why taking away people's bodily autonomy doesn't actually scare them into changing their behavior they're still going to behave you know it's it's particularly yes particularly if you take it away at the time when they are like unable to really think of a future like you can't you don't don't have your your brain's not done doing that and you haven't seen enough world to even have a concept of in your 30s that feels like the oldest one could ever you're like well certainly never be 30 what an old spinster i'm sure the kids still say spinster these days but like the idea of being 30 is impossible how can the idea of a baby being a human forever make any sense it just doesn't agreed it doesn't make sense. So um, we didn't fix anything. And that, Allison, I only thought, let's do this podcast so we can fix some things. That's right. That's why, that's why you made this short film, right? So you could well, fix dicks. Fix yes, dicks. that's true. The dick fixer. That's I want to fi- <laughs> fix your old dicks hang ups and say, oh, me too. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry that anybody didn't say I'm sorry back then. And right. I'm I'm sorry that I'm saying I'm sorry now, because if you can relate, you did fix something because I've never seen anything like this short. And I want to say that when I messaged Pammy, Pam, to say, (laughs) (laughs) to say, I loved it. It was fucking fantastic is what I said. She messaged me back. Oh, I knew you would love it. And I thought, you know what? I've done something right in this world. If when I message someone that I love their film about dicks, they say, I knew you'd love it. (laughs) I did know you would love it. It's like, wow, I've. I've done something. So I'm proud of that. And you did fix something because I've never seen anything like this short film. And I felt so seen. And it wasn't in that way of like, now I'm going to go like dig a hole and bury myself in it and sob. But like, oh, yeah, that happened. And it wasn't okay. And I'm glad that we're all talking about this stuff. And I'm sorry, it's taken 30 years, but better late than never. It's true. Yeah. Thank you. It is. uh, It's been very sweet um everybody walks away a little more protective of their younger self in yeah. a way that I, I really admire yeah yeah of their younger selves and of the younger people they know mm-hmm. i think you can take it then to the next generation and say like you deserve better and do better and and some of them will yeah i've had a couple parents be like well i know what i'm showing my kid when i get home and that yeah. that's huge that's a great idea yeah, I love that. Well, you can watch My Year of Dicks. The link will be in the show notes for a limited time. So get on it. Um, thank you so much thank you. This for was joining fun. me. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I could talk about dicks for hours. So <laughs> both times. Mm, well, um, we'll do another one. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, so, uh, how about you have me back and we'll dick it up? Yeah, dick part two. So <laughs> thank you so much, Pam. Where can people find I'll put it in the show notes, but where can people find you in general? Oh, I'm uh, at Pamela Ribbon, R-I-B-O-N. And we do have a website, myyearofdicks.com, if you want to see everything that we have been up to up until now um, and find out more about our extremely talented cast and crew. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm very Googleable. She really is. She's <laughs> everywhere, doing everything. All okay. <laughs> Thank you, Pam. Thank you Bye. so much. Bye. <laughs>